Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wild Wild Will, the episode or the podcast where we go through all the Will Smith movies and films. Mark, Lily, and Eric here. Hi guys. Hi, it's been a minute. Hey. Has it been? Talk, oh, I guess we didn't do it. Talked Will, yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, this. since the last time we talked, I bought a new tennis racket. Ooh, that's a big that's a big commitment. Are you ready for that? Yeah, so how much do you think tennis rackets are, like professional ones? Okay. $259. Yeah, we know how much you spend. You already knew. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much It's fucking crazy. Like, at least none of them break 300 but whoever figured out that they could get it to the genius. But isn't it, like, fucked up when you think about how much you just dropped on a tennis racket? how mediocre you are at it. But more importantly, <laughs> these professionals who break the tennis racket. Oh, yeah. Well, they're That's getting awful. them for free. Also, more importantly, how you haven't even bought a mic yet. <laughs> I know. I bought a tennis racket before a mic, and I I really wanted a mic for this episode because I have so much to say, and I want to be heard. I want we to know be where your heard. heart is. I am, um, and course. I'm just letting you guys know I'm going to be crunching ice this entire oh, episode. Yeah, me too, man. Got a little ice in the mug here. A little crushed ice or a cube? No, I got cubed. Ew. Not to dwell on the tennis racket, but it does tie in. We're talking about a sports movie. Um, it does not. That's a very loose tie-in. It's it's, it's close. You know, there's the there's the Muhammad Ali's of the <laughs> tennis world. Uh, so, so when I bought the racket, I did have that feeling where I'm like, "Fuck, this is a lot." And like, I play a lot, so I'm like, I don't think it's like a waste of money. It's going to be used and hopefully used for many years to come, but. I was like, damn, like 250 is a fucking, that's a, that's a good chunk of change just for like a tennis racket. It's like one single thing, but I was listening to a gentleman's club podcast and Shane had mentioned he paid like 400 for like golf clubs. And it made me feel a billion times. Mm. Better. Oh dude, yeah. golf clubs. If you, Cause Shane got <laughs> used ones and yeah. I've looked at them, Shane, those were not worth four. Those were like free at a, at a fucking garage sale tape <laughs> golf clubs. They're God, so dude. old. If you're going legit getting golf clubs, like average price, like expect to pay over two thousand. God, that a golf club because you get the. I mean, just like how you get your grip all set, right? Yeah, they have to get the correct shaft size. Oh, we should okay, talk. Okay, whoa, Bag- this should, should have been Bagger Vans talk here. Shaft yeah. Size. yeah, there should have been correct going, shaft size and correct grip size and and angle and all that good shit. So. Do people and, do you and, have, and you have and you have multiple clubs? Do people right. legit outside of like super rich assholes? Do people really go out and buy brand new clubs, or do most people somehow just like acquire them over time? People go out and buy them, but <laughs> I, I'm saying 2000 with the process that I just told you, where you're getting yeah. them sized and all that stuff correctly, just like how Eric got a tennis racket correctly sized and strong, right? Yeah. So if you're doing that process with golf clubs, it's like 2000. But here, I, I've, I've said it before where it's like I've played with people that have those $2,000 clubs and everything. What? what what's wrong? Oh, Just, turn on the monitor really quick. Sorry. I've played with people that have those $2,000 clubs and everything. They've never been that much better than me. And you? I have and I have garage sale clubs. Okay. Like I have like clubs like hand me down clubs. And it's not like. Like you are a nobody playing golf. Okay. I feel like this is like an ongoing theme with you where you just keep saying that everyone's like not that good at stuff. 
Because, like, you keep saying, like, oh, I play against people with good golf stuff, and they're not that much better than me. And but it's just the Eric's truth. out there playing tennis a bunch, and he's not that much better than anybody. This feels like an ongoing thing with you. You know what? I can kind of see from Mark's perspective because I had to tell myself that. Also, a couple of my friends I had to tell who are interested in buying rackets. At the end of the day, the racket can't do everything for you. You have to bring something to the racket, too. Mm. So same wow. with golf clubs. You can get the pro elite Tiger Woods special, the ones that like fucking what's the guy who smokes cigarettes and drinks on the fucking golf course? John. Oh, John Daly. Yeah. John Daly. Get his awesome clubs. But if you suck or you're not good, they're not going to help you. Well, this is what I here's the thing. I play with people at my level, just like how you you mostly play tennis with people at your level. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably where that's coming from. It's just like, I don't know if I if I play with somebody at my level and they're telling me that they spent two thousand dollars on golf clubs and I'm right. still doing the same thing that they're doing. It's like, well, this wasn't worth it for you, was it? You know? Okay, I see what you mean. Right. All right. So, Ali. Can I bring Ooh. up something really quick? And it's yeah. very deeply related. So, um, over the holiday weekend, we went to the drive-in and we saw Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. It was fucking great. Oh, yeah. We should do another yeah. night cruising. I loved it. It was so good. But, like, ever since then, I've just been thinking. I'm sorry. I have, like, a horrible tickle in my throat. <laughs> since then, all I've been thinking is, I have like not felt the same fire and passion for Wild Wild Will as I did Night Cruising. And I was just like, you know, I've enjoyed the movies. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. Men in Black was great. Bad Boys was great. Like, there's like movies I've been like looking forward to, movies that I feel like I even know a bit better. But just like, I have not had that same like kick in the pants where it's like, Tom Cruise was almost like a revelation when we were going through his discography and you didn't like everything and you didn't think everything was like good or kosher or whatever, but like, it just felt like such a revelation. Like I was like discovering this thing and like, he really has like a magnetism about it. And I don't know what it is, but I just feel like that, not that same level as enthusiasm as for Will Smith. And it's been like a bummer. Cause I'm just like, I'm looking at him like, but I've loved this movie. I've thought this movie was hilarious, but like, it's still not like that same, like uptick of just like excitement. And mm-hmm. it's just so bizarre where it's just like, I mean, Will Smith is like top tier echelon, but yet still not the same, like uh star quality. And I don't know if it's, the movies. I don't, I don't know what it is. Does anybody else have either of you been feeling that way? So this is what I'll say really quick. Uh, my theory is that when we went into the Tom Cruise thing, he was almost the underdog. He had to win you over because I think maybe you went in and even myself to a certain extent where it's like, it's Tom Cruise. It's nothing fancy. And then we were very surprised. Mm-hmm. I think going into Will Smith, we're like, yeah, Will Smith, top echelon, fucking megastar. This guy's amazing. So it's like we're going in with such high expectations mm-hmm. that he needs to reach that now it's maybe underwhelming where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's great. But he's not like just a revelation, like you said, with the Tom Cruise thing. But I was hoping, man, I was here cheering for you, Lily. I thought you were going to end that all with like, until I watched fucking Ali. This guy's a fucking megastar. I'll say this. Okay. 
I did get that feeling where I was just like, I felt like reinvigorated with Ali. But then I laughed because I was like, there's movies that I've really been enjoying. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Ali was like a new Will Smith for me. This yeah. was a Will Smith I haven't seen yet. Because I don't think I've seen a lot of the Will Smith dramatic roles. I will like, cause like, you know, men in black, like that's like the Will Smith you think of. Wild Wild West. That's the Will Smith you think of. This is a Will Smith I wish I see more of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I liked this Will Smith yeah. a lot. And it felt like this felt like the matured six degrees where it's like, whoa, this is like really outside of his box and he's fucking killing it. Yeah. What did you think, Mark, based on what Lily's saying about the Tom Cruise Will Smith comparison? Yeah, well, I was just going to say. Maybe it's a little bit what you said, Eric, where, you know, maybe we had low expectations for Tom Cruise, but also that's the that's the great experiment. Maybe we go in liking Will Smith and come out not liking Will Smith. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody said we were going to come out thinking everybody was amazing in their career after watching all this shit. That's true. I mean, it helps when you go from Bagger Vance to this, like acting and filmmaking, like it's just like staggering how different everything is where you're like, Oh, this is a proper movie. Both is- sports movies. <laughs> and really just like, this is how you do it poorly. And this is how you do it. Fucking super well. Uh, all right. Should I break down what this movie's about <laughs> or should you just go read a book or something? I don't know. Like I am assuming, I mean, it's based on Muhammad Ali. <clears throat> Um, I'll give you just the, the spark notes, I guess. Muhammad Ali boxer. This movie follows him from when he first gets the heavyweight title for the first time, but then he loses it because he refuses to get drafted into Vietnam. Um, and there's like, basically, is he going to go to prison for five years for being a draft dodger that goes all the way to the Supreme court. And the Supreme Court is like unanimously, you're good, you know, because I think he just said he was a conscientious um, observer or was a conscientious distractor, objector, objector. <laughs> distractor. Um, <laughs> and so then they were like, you're all good. And then um, he's like, cool. And he can go back after the belt. But now who is I think it's Joe Frazier has the belt. At this point, somebody else has yeah. the heavyweight title belt, so they have to get it from Joe Frazier. And I don't know the ins and outs of boxing, but basically you do matches up until the point of where they're like, okay, you can go after the heavyweight title. That's, that's kind of how it works. So he was working up to Joe Frazier and ended up, did he, he got beat by Joe Frazier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta fight Joe Frazier again. Uh, but then Joe Frazier gets beat by some random dude. And no, George Foreman. Oh, I thought I thought George Foreman got it. I thought there was somebody in between the two. George uh, Foreman. Not, I might be confused. I thought George Foreman beat him. Either way, Joe Frazier gets beat. George Foreman ends up with the title. Um, enter Don King, the famous um, uh, boxing promoter, and he creates the Rumble in the Jungle, which is a boxing match in Africa by that one awful dictator. I don't. I forget his name. It's the I Congo, think, right? They're the um, who's who's the guy with the wonky eye? 
Um, Forrest Whitaker. For, doesn't Forrest Whitaker play this dictator in one movie? The Last King of Scotland. I don't know. I don't. I know. think it's yeah. I think that's the dictator that was. I forget his name. That that ran that country. So they bring him. They bring Muhammad Ali and George Foreman to Africa for the title fight, and and Muhammad Ali beats George Foreman, gets the title. He's got it back, and then some scroll comes by, and they're like, he lost it and got it for a third time again, and blah 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 blah. So, but this movie just follows when he gets his heavyweight title. That's like the first match you see. It's right at the beginning, and then the last match you see is when he regains it after losing it and after his uh, draft dodging and all that stuff. And then just laid in there is uh, like civil rights type stuff. And he's friends with Malcolm X and you get to see Malcolm X get. Yeah, I mean, it's like a pretty um, fucking chaotic, heavy decade, which I think made me feel better because I feel like uh, the world is just fucking shit, generally speaking. But then like you watch this and it's just a decade of Muhammad Ali's life and it's like, Malcolm X is killed. Martin Luther King Jr. is killed. Fucking Vietnam's going on. People are being drafted. Um, He literally is like fighting in a country that has a dictator. And you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. The world's been shit for like a long motherfucking time. Like people have lived through just like fucking atrocities. Mm-hmm. For yeah. so long, and it just like made me feel a little bit better. Being like, oh, right now, shit. But you know what? It's been shit before, and it gets better be for a half again. a second, and they'll get shit again. But like, I mean, that yeah, that was a pretty like bleak decade. Yeah, and here's my big question: just to jump right into this fucker, where was Lavar Burton? He was Martin Luther King Jr. That was Lavar ah! Burton. I'm looking at all these bitches going. I saw LeVar Burton in the credits here. Me too. Where's LeVar Burton? He's he's MLK. Can I, I bet I bet they cut down his role. They must. Have. Oh, yeah. He was like only in like a screen. You only saw him on TV. That's fucked up. Can, Even I, more. can I fuck with you guys more? I kept seeing like John Voight was in this movie. John Voight. Was oh, in this movie. yeah. He, he was out for a fucking Oscar. Now I was like. Who the fuck was he? And they're like, how? Tell me he didn't play George Foreman. He was like, they're like Howard. And I was like the guy on the side of his ring. I was like, no, no, no. Like they meant like Howard, the journalist. Howard Cassell, the news oh, reporter. Shit. That was John. That was John Boyd. He's Boy. so good. He's so like, fucking good in this. That blew my mind. I don't find John Boyd to be like anything to like write the fuck home about, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. He should. Did he? I don't think he did. He looked exactly like him. He should have. He got nominated. He should have won it because there was not an inkling, not a fucking inkling that that was him. It was holy. Like, I mean, I literally had to look it up and like I watched the movie. I knew who Howard was, but because I knew it was supposed to be John Voight, I was like, it wasn't clicking. And I looked at the picture. I was like, holy fucking shit. That was him. It didn't sound like him. Just none of it, man. If, if you because like, that's like a you know that's a real dude that has tons yeah. of Clips. footage of him. Yeah, and if you look at it, he's like he's him. Mm. Yeah, he's him. He blows out of the water. And I also watched on YouTube they did like a tribute a tribute to Muhammad Ali, and John Voight was there, and he presented a clip of like the real Howard Cassell, like giving this like emotional speech to Muhammad Ali being like, you know, I love you. You're free. You're free, Muhammad. You're free. And just like, I was like, holy shit. I, yeah. John Voight fucking blew out of the water. A question. It was a mind, from- fuck. It was a mind fuck. 
I'm with you both. LeVar Burton showed up in the credits. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, LeVar Burton's in this. And I was blown away because I'm like, oh, he's not really in this at all. Yeah, um, I was really waiting for that. I knew the John Voight thing because I've seen this movie before. But I have a question for you, too. Our generation grew up well past like the Muhammad Ali legacy, right? Yeah, he like, was like an we were, old guy. Yeah, we were in the shadow of like whatever. Even Will Smith is too young to have lived through like Muhammad Ali's like championship reign, right? When Will Smith was coming of age, Muhammad Ali was already done, already done being a boxer. The thing that's so ironic is that when I learned that his real name was Cassius Clay, that broke my brain. I'm like, this dude's name isn't Muhammad Ali. Like, what the fuck? Just because just because that's all we knew of him. Like, you never talk to people growing up and they're like, by the way, his real name was Kesh. It's like, no, Muhammad Ali. He's the champ, right? But it's just ironic because people back in the day when he changed from Kesh's clay to Muhammad Ali, like that was such a fucking like stir up. So it's just funny and interesting. That's like, that's oh, like yeah. insane that you did not know that that was his original name. Not till this movie. What I'm saying, when you do, when you in your lifetime, when you did eventually learn it was Cassius Clay. At least for me, whoever, what circles I rolled in, it wasn't synonymous. No one was pulling me aside and being like, "By the way, his original name was Cassius Clay." It's almost like that name was fucking dead. Like this, Muhammad Ali was the name. I'm speaking. I also, of went to, I also went to high school. With a kid named Muhammad Ali. <laughs> okay, that's uh, so much to take. All right. In. So I that, mean, that's great well, that you did not know that. Though. To get on a depressing level, though, this oh. made me realize that because he was like an activist, right? Anti-war activist, um, civil rights activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To an extent, we'll say. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and spiritualist. Sure. And it got me thinking that if you're in the sports world, you can't make a difference. You cannot change you can't change the world you can't really be a good activist if you're in the sports world because if you think about it now because i watched this movie and i knew enough about muhammad ali to know some of the stuff right i knew that he was muslim and i knew that like um i knew that he didn't go to vietnam right um and he says something pretty anti-america shit right he's just like they're killing black people over here why the fuck am i gonna go fight for you right yeah if 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 a sports person like somebody in sports said that now, mm-hmm. you'd get half of the country being like, "Fuck this guy! Why is this fuck this guy?" Right? And Muhammad Ali got that right. Muhammad Ali, there yeah. was a bunch of people being like, "Fuck Muhammad Ali! Like, what an asshole! Why is he saying that? Oh, you're not going to go to war, you asshole!" Right? So there's half and half. He was trying to make a difference. Fifty percent of the people were like, "I'm Muhammad Ali's side." Fifty percent of them were like. Fuck this dude that's anti-American, anti-Vietnam, saying that we're a bunch of racists, bringing the black man down, right? Fast forward to before he died, everyone loved Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Listen, everybody fucking loved him. He stood for shit that a lot of people didn't love, and a lot of people wouldn't love now if he was bringing it up. All the shit that he stood for got erased, and people just go, Oh, I love that guy because he was good at boxing. And that's all people remember. A black Muslim anti-war, anti-white calling out the fucking government for sending the people out to die is loved by everybody. Every president, every senator, Republican, Democrat 
If you're a sports person, it doesn't fucking matter. People forget everything that you stood for and just remember you that you hit somebody really hard. No, see, I, I think Mark's I wrong. Think, yeah, I think, <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> I think you painted with the broadest. That's of the strokes. truth. Everybody but loves shut it. Shut up for a half a second. Here's the thing. This Give me is more what, ice. Okay, stop talking. I think this is what it is. I think hindsight is 2020. And I feel like you're looking at everything through hindsight. And I think there's a lot of people who get a lot of like vitriol where it's just like, I hate what you're saying. I like what you represent. But then what happens is when you get 20, 30, 40 years out, you realize Vietnam was a fucking mistake. Drafting people is wrong. So it's like easy for people to reconcile that maybe at the time they were super against him, but like Vietnam did not motherfucking work out. So 40 years later, they'd be like, oh, he was fucking fantastic. Just like Martin Luther King. People at the time fucking hated him. But yet now every fucking year, it's like the most racist person you will know will post a quote from MLK being like, Oh, you know, violence was not the answer. Same with Malcolm X. People were really against Malcolm X. But now that we are further out and we can see things in a different perspective, people are just like, oh, he wasn't like necessarily about fucking violence. I think it's just hard to see it when you're like in the middle of it. But as we when you get years and years out, you can go, oh, fuck. They were right. They were just ahead of their fucking time. I, I mean, look, I'm just talking about athletes, athletes and sports and activism never ends up working. Look at even Colin Kaepernick, a little different of a situation. Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because of police violence against black people. Right. And what did the NFL do? They kicked him out of the league. They told all the coaches basically do not hire Colin Kaepernick. Right. But now. All they do is they they put like his phrases, the, the movement he started, they've embraced and they've like Disneyified it. I'm just saying sports, it's like a big corporate yes, machine they, that so just so that is someone who made a difference. Yeah, People I think fucking hate him, but you know what? Yeah, they they absorbed it. They whiteify these people, they make them memes, they make them quotable, but like that's a difference, and like. Unfortunately, Colin Kaepernick had to pay with his fucking career. But like to say that he didn't make a difference, he made like a tremendous difference because of it. Mark, I think I my perspective is that we have been too inundated with the shorthand, just like Ali's the champ. And that's like but that phrase means. He was Cassius Clay, changed Muhammad Ali, a draft, you know, didn't want to go into the war, did this activism, blah, blah, blah. Here's all these accolades. And we've like condensed it down to Ali's the champ. And so I get what you're saying, where it's just like you're assuming just because we think of him as like this great boxer, because no one's pulling you aside as a kid and being like, by the way, this is what he did. This is what he did. This blah, 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 blah. But I think his name holds so much power because he did change minds and he did change hearts and he did get people to like come around by just being what this movie perfectly shows he was fucking jesus not that blonde jesus in that fucking church he was the real jesus man he took our fucking sins he allowed us to crucify him man he's also not of the community like i don't think i bet you a lot of black people definitely fucking remember his activism and don't just go like 
I just loved Ali because he was the champ. I think it was just like, I loved him because he like broke down barriers for me. And he, you know, he, I think he represents I'm a lot talking, more. I'm talking about the people that wouldn't like him. Love him. Love him. Those people that where he was like, you're sending poor black people out to war and you're fucking killing us in the street at the same time and pointing the finger at those people. The people he pointed the finger at loved him. Now, Yeah. Have you met those people? They're dumb as fuck. Again, those are the same people who are constantly quoting Martin Luther King Jr., but also would have been the people cheering the day he got assassinated. Those people are dumb as fuck. What? So was it makeup or was it just his haircut? Will Smith like transformed physically. Oh, yeah. And he this, gained like, a lot of weight. Like he tra- like his face. Yeah. Like, he looked like a different person. He gained a lot of weight. He actually like got to like that two ton. The heavyweight status. The heavyweight or whatever status. I think the hair helped a lot. I think um, I think it's just like a lot of his like facial mannerisms. He really like nailed down. I mean, he was attached to this project for years for years he was like loosely attached to it but like didn't want to like agree to do it and then like i think finally in like 2000 or something like that he finally 100 signed on and like ali's family had to call and be like will you please do this movie and like ali you know reportedly was just like you're the only one good looking enough to play me type shit but like yeah i mean it took him years to like fully agree to this movie which i think was smart on his end i don't know if he could could have pulled it off even a few movies before this one, you know, yeah. the can, commitment. Can I, can I give you guys a little taste of like <laughs> his training process? By the way, this dude was 32 when he made this movie, came out when he was 33. Mm. Jesus, I'm telling you, it's all there. Um, mm. So Will Smith, I watched an interview on YouTube and he said this was one of the most grueling processes in his life. A year's worth of training for the first six months. He'd wake up at six and run, then breakfast, then boxing from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Now, are you holding on to your seats when I tell you the next part? After lunch, he would talk with a neurobiologist who had explained how Ali moved and trained and they tried to rearrange Will Smith's neural passages to align with Ali's movements, retrain his neural passages, and they put him in a dark room and make him watch TV for hours on end of like Ali, like doing one jab and just being like, until you can replicate that, until your synapses change to replicate that, that's what you get. I was going to say, hours watching TV is something I do nicely. <laughs> okay. I can you jab like. Can you jab like Ali? Um, also, he did Islamic studies, dialect studies, um, the whole gamut. And for the first six months, it, he said that like he trained just to be a fighter. And the next six months, he trained to fight like Muhammad Ali. So he wasn't even trying to emulate Muhammad Ali. They were just like, you just need to know how to be a fucking boxer and live as a boxer. Then we'll get into the specifics of like what makes Muhammad Ali unique. Like this dude went full throttle. And I think it shows. I mean, he was legitimately boxing in it they were like they didn't want to do like the camera thing where like you're punching to the side of the camera so like that's why they did like so many like the full out shots where he's like really boxing and the guy who plays um george foreman at the end is like a legit heavyweight boxer and they told him they're like you punch as hard and as real as you possibly can (laughs) without just like annihilating the star of the movie so like that guy was like legit throwing some like decent punches 
at Will Smith because they wanted the fight to look as real as possible. Not to jump in, but we also have to say this is a Michael Mann film. So everything we're talking about makes sense where it's like Michael Mann's our boy who made Collateral. So go listen to Night Cruise and you can listen to our Collateral podcast. Um, He's the one who directed Heat, Last of the Mohicans, fucking. He's just got a plethora of great, great films. He's a great, great filmmaker. And Michael Mann's the kind of psychopath where it's like, oh, we're making a movie about like an L.A. gang or cops all my actors need to like live for three years with like as an LA cop, or you have to oh become God. a gang member and then you can come back to set, get your tattoos and we'll go, we'll get going. Like he's that insane. And in an interview with Michael Mann, he had nothing but high praise for Will Smith, which I think is like super high praise because this guy is like a perfectionist and like kind of a psycho when it comes to like getting in. He's like, uh, Will Smith was 10 minutes early to like set every day stayed the latest and was like fully committed and it shows man he's so fucking good in this and speaking of collateral uh jamie fox yeah yeah. in this movie also i realized something about jamie fox because i don't really like jamie fox whoa i find him kind of obnoxious he bothers me but i realized is jamie fox and will smith are the same they're the same. They both have had musical careers. They both have acting careers. Mm-hmm. They're both have comedy careers. Yeah. They're like, it's like the same shit. Like Jamie Foxx sings, dance, acts, and everything. Yeah. Different Sa- order. Same fucking thing going on. Yeah. Wilson's a lot more likable. Yeah. But that, there's just something about Jamie Foxx that's just unlikable for me. Isn't that kind of a throwback to old Hollywood in a way? Because I was just reading something or listening to something about like Sammy Davis Jr. and like um, Fred Astaire and stuff like these old Hollywood legends. It was just a given that they had to be able to do comedy, drama, dance, sing, cook an excellent dinner. Like, yeah, well, make wine, like alcoholic. It's like the triple triple threat shit. But here's the deal. And I, I like. I know this is going to sound racist towards the, the the honkies out there, but when black people do it, everything that I'm talking about, black people dancing, their comedy, their music is a million times cooler than the white people dancing comedy and music because the white people version is just like kids that are super into doing musicals in high school theater theater kids and they're fucking obnoxious and they're i don't know yeah so like it's just much i like i'm sorry white people you just kind of suck at it and you just do it in an obnoxious like liza minnelli type way okay and also like a triple threat i feel like a white person usually like singing dancing acting you're not getting that combo and then also usually getting funny mixed in. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Yeah. Let's just be honest. Maybe people aren't that funny if they can sing. Yeah. So both, Weird both Jamie Foxx and Will Smith, they do kind of have those qualities where it's like, yeah, they're fucking good at like a lot. And so that's what they bring to it. Um, can we just for a second talk about how this movie opens because Please, that is- I, you know i was hoping someone was gonna bring it back i really do think we gotta start from the fucking tip of it oh my god the first 15 minutes is like a fever dream of cinema perfection like yeah. the most 
magical, beautiful thing I've ever witnessed. I was literally throwing my arms up alone in my apartment. Okay. Maybe I need to see a therapist. I don't <laughs> fucking know. I was so engaged and just like, it was like watching like a dream and like so much joy and love was like coursing well, through my. I mean, the brain. whole thing is like following. There's like a singer. Right? Oh, singer such singing in the club. And such then there's um, Muhammad Ali running in the street and his <laughs> first match all the way up to his first match. It, it's yeah, it goes for a long too. time. Yeah, it does. And then it's, it, I'll go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's kind of like montage music video. Just yeah. like it's not this bullshit. Just like here he is as a boy. And this is the no. first time you saw a boxing match. No, it's like you see him in present day, but it's his memories. And it's like these very specific moments. Little Cassius Clay seeing the fucking blonde Jesus being drawn and looking like that fucking sucks. It reminded <laughs> me of, have you ever seen the show Euphoria? Mm. Mm. M- music yes. based and you're just getting more of like feelings and emotions, but it did yes. a really good job, which is, is, Here's the thing. I don't know anything about sports, which is great because all true to life sports movies are still a surprise to me. Like I was watching this be like, I don't know who the fuck wins. Like, does he die here? Like, I don't fucking know shit. So which was great. But like um, it like it was it did a really good job of having the music going, Mm -hmm. setting the tone of the movie, setting the plot of the movie. Um, You're learning about the characters. You learn about Jamie Foxx. You learn about like his Italian trainer. You learn about some of the Muslim stuff. You learn about like everything in like a 10, 15 minute euphoria, like montage but music video. I think the best part is you learn so much, but they don't do that shitty thing where they're explaining it to you. Yes. Where they're doing like um, a voiceover. They like literally convey so much of the story just visually. And it's like, you know what? You'll get it. If yeah. you don't, it's fucking in a book somewhere. You'll get it. They, you know, they do, there's like a couple scenes where, you know, Malcolm X is preaching and mm. talking about how, like, you know, you want to go out in the world and you want to be like the best, like, black person you can be and be respectful and be good and just like carry yourself right. But if someone fucking slaps you on the cheek, you don't turn it. You make sure they don't slap another person on the cheek type shit. And so like there and like Jamie Foxx is the same way where he has like a little bit. So they give you like these quick, small bits of characters talking. But for the general most part, it is a calm faced Muhammad Ali played by Will Smith. And this awesome like nightclub music playing. Oh, and they just so kind of cool. let you vibe with it and just work out what's going on on your own. And I really appreciate when a movie just goes, you either need to be smart enough to pay attention or that's on you. You know what I mean? Like they won't, they don't, I hate when they dumb it down. Yeah. It, the pandering shit fucking sucks. And it, uh, when it panders and they try to keep you like up to speed, like we got to make sure we're going to hold your hand. You lose an emotional connection to the material. This because you do have to kind of keep up with it and just get lost in the emotions of it. Now you're connected before the movie even fucking really starts after that first 15 minutes. Now you're in like if you're not in after that, like that's on you. But this and dudes, the best part is that it brings you to that first match with Sonny and 
it starts off kind of clinical, right? Actually, before we even get into the fucking fight, you get just classic Muhammad Ali at the time, Cassius Clay, but he's the shit talker. He comes into the fucking room and he's stirring up shit. And what's so funny about Muhammad Ali is that in a weird way, he was kind of like a Will Smith shit talker mm-hmm. where it was like mm-hmm. very childish, just like he's ugly. And I bet when he farts, it smells bad. And like, <laughs> yeah, mama makes bad breakfast and stuff. And it's just like, it's not. And it's so funny because the, his opponent's just like, fuck you. <laughs> and like, and it's like, oh shit, that's real. That's real vitriol where it's like Muhammad Ali's just being like, almost like a playground. I don't know. Just talk and smack kind and of so much well, rhyming well he's like a showman I oh feel my like he, god he was like one of the first athletes that really like understood media yeah where it's just like this is how you get famous you don't just get famous by throwing a good punch because you know the next fight someone else is gonna throw a good punch like this is how you get media coverage because i think what worked really well leading up into that first fight is the whole you know whatever 20 30 minutes of seeing will smith he's not saying dick oh yeah he's just Violent. he's just training he's very calm so it makes it really pop that some of the first times he's talking it's him just he's so quiet and calm practicing and then it's just like he gets near the other fighter and he's just talking tons of shit and it just yeah. like pops really well but i think that's the beauty of muhammad ali is just that it's all rehearsed. Yes. Like he wasn't just in the room being like, oh, yes, yeah, so stupid. Like he had his rhymes. He was very, very rehearsed. And it just showed that he understood that to be a great boxer or to be a great athlete, you have to do outside of the ring shit. He had a very good relationship with journalists. Um, he knew how to like poke them and have fun. And I think that's really what ended up making him shine and making him beloved by the people. It's not necessarily always about your abilities. Sometimes it is about, uh, you know, your showmanship, like who you are as a person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the more modern day one is Mike Tyson, who's said to an opponent that he's going to eat his children and uh, something about raping his mom. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's a little I bit of a showman. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of athletes have taken after Muhammad Ali, especially in like the UFC. And I guess is the terminology like a heel, pretty much, where you just like yeah. talk crap just to kind of like sell seats or whatever. But in reality, like a lot of those dudes, like Muhammad Ali, and a lot of like the most nasty like UFC fighters who say the most fucked up shit about their opponent after the fight, they're like humble and good sportsmanship, and like congratulate that if they lose or win or whatever, like. Nobody wants to see two friends fight. You want to feel like there's a tension. You want to feel like that there's a stake in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to actually talk a little bit. We'll get to the fight about a point you just made, Lily, where that's the first time you see him talk is he storms into the fucking way, like the pre pre round or pre fight weighing or whatever. And he starts saying all this shit. But before then, the way in. It's showing him running and training and they don't do the bravado thing. They're not like 
oh, Muhammad Ali was always full of piss and vinegar and just talk shit. So when he's running by himself, he's just going to be talking crazy shit. And when he's boxing by himself, he's going to be talking crazy shit. When he's with his friends, he's going to be talking crazy shit. It's like, no, he's a human and he's like introspective and like running and he's having a moment where he's thinking about his life. And he's not saying like, in this moment, I was thinking about things. It's just like, no, you just read it on his face, like his internal struggles there. So it all leads up to that first fight and it starts off so clinical, like the little details, like you see his corner man or his coach, like packing the cotton swabs into his pocket and like the things he needs to bring out to the court. And then even when the, or the ring, and even when they start fighting, there's no music. It's just like the sounds of the crowds. It's the sounds of the punches. It's the sounds of the bell. Hey, Muhammad Ali is also a boring fighter because like he's, was- he's a defensive fighter. Like he just dances right. around a lot. So right. even that's kind of. Kind boring. Of like, right. And like, he's not doing too good in this match. Like there's like the part where he can't see which. Well, yeah, uh, so did that fucker really put stuff on his gloves? That might. I don't. I know this is a true story. They're really calling some dude out, right? Yeah. Like you put blinding powder. You put sneezing powder on your glove. Something happened, man. I was but wild. This is based on a true story. That's a real man that they're accusing of doing that because he put says, like, just put it on. Just put it on put a little jelly on his gloves or something. It got in his eyes. So like Muhammad Ali's not doing good. And like Mark said, I'm not a historian. So you're like, oh, does he lose this match? I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. There is that suspense. But as soon as Muhammad Ali starts getting his groove, Moby on the soundtrack kicks in. This like ethereal, like 2001 fucking techno music kicks in. And you're just elated. You're like, yes, this is why the man was so mythic. This intro perfectly encapsulated why he's so mythic and legendary because like i don't know it just like it like reaches like this height of opera that you're just so engaged with and he fucking wins and you're like hell yeah this is great um dude great. also the sh- like the shots during the fight were so dynamic like yeah. that's all i could think during the fight scenes because i feel like the fight scenes could get really boring they kept cutting the whole movie did because like the whole opening too. they're running. But it was like kind of cut into like these like grainier shots that made you feel like it was like on an old camera, like a home video. And yeah. the fight scenes did that, too, where like you'd have like a normal clean shot that all of a sudden you would get like this like insane, like almost POV shot where it was like very jostled and you're like up under someone's arm yeah. and like it threw you off balance constantly throughout the fights. Cause it would just come out of nowhere. And I thought those shots were all so dynamic. And I feel like it's um, well, like sets it apart from like other, like not well done sports movies is where you have someone who knows what they're doing behind the camera and who's not just like giving you the full view of the boxing match, but like, knows how to like shake it up a little bit. And also I just looked it up. So that Sonny didn't necessarily put something on his gloves to blind Muhammad Ali. He had a shoulder injury or some weird shit. So he had like a cream that was legal to put on his cut. Remember he got cut like by the eye and that stuff probably like wiped off onto mm, cheater. Ali. Yeah, he's a fucking cheater. <laughs> that's um, the story at least. Who- I mean, <laughs> boxing now, like just compared to now, like with the UFC, where like it's just some like Brazilian dude breaking an Irish man's neck in the middle of like a chain link fenced octagon. 
Mm-hmm. Boxing is so boring that the first match, like it's just somebody just goes, I give up. And then that's the end of the that match. Wild. I'm done. And it's just like, man, boxing is some boring ass shit. Like but how, for a fight, it's how boring. it was captured, like cinematically captured. Again, this is Michael Mann and Lily. I'm so glad you brought up the home video thing. So if we recall collateral, he shot like 90% of that on like the first digital cameras that were ever made to get that like nighttime, hazy dreamlike footage that collateral has. And in this, it's mostly shot on film, but you do have the jogging scenes where it's like, oh, that was shot on digital. That's why it's so noisy and grainy. And oh, that was shot on digital when he's on the subway. And it's so cool because I think sometimes with biopics about legendary people, you can get too austere with it or too classical where it's just like, we're making a big, important film. Take out the dolly. Let's shoot it like Bagger Vance, where it's these very wide shots and everything's poised and whatever and it's horseshit and michael mann's not about that he's so innovative and electric and he gives it an energy where you're like shit why are we why do you shoot this on cell phone footage from 2001 what's going on over (laughs) here awesome (laughs) it's like it's vertical like uh, an instagram like like a tiktok all right this is no but um, what's his oh go ahead go ahead uh but i was just gonna say what's so great you can tell why he's such a good filmmaker is that when the dude gives up, when Sonny Liston gives up, he does this cool shot where it's just on his foot, like sitting at the bench or not the bench on his fucking stool. stool. And his foot is like Muhammad Ali. He's looking at his foot. He's looking at his foot and his foot just like drags back a few inches. And that just says it all. It just says this guy just gave up before he even spits out his mouth guard Mm. before the ref says, give up his foot slides back showing that he's like cowering. Like he's, he's in defeat. He's not going to stand his ground. And I'm like, who the fuck would think to shoot that? That's amazing. And it says everything. Um, So I also think his name's Michael Mann, right? Yeah. I, also think he's a criminal for what he did to his crew though what do you mean like what the fact that that crew had to go through and film a sex scene between will smith okay. oh my god and jada pinkett this? smith is this a Jimmy they were married Bond? right <laughs> yeah they were very much they married. were married so you have you take this married couple yeah. and you're like Let's get them to do the sex scene. I'd rather have a sex scene of two complete strangers than have to watch a married. Nobody wants to watch a married couple do that to each other. It was hot. It was not. (laughs) The poor crew should have gotten paid triple that day. I got to say, Jada claims that she didn't want to be in the movie. She wanted to audition for it. But Michael Mann like just begged her to be in it because she just she just brought something to the character and Jada should have fucking followed her instincts. I think it was an awful idea to have her in the movie because the minute she was in the movie, I was instantly taken out. He was instantly Will Smith to me. He she she was Jada. Like, I don't know who the fuck she was supposed to be playing, but she seemed like she was just Sanji Sanji. She, but she seemed like she was just playing her fucking self. And then like the fact that the only sex scene is between them, honestly. And listen, a lot of this is being read with 2022 eyes and all the weird will and Jada stuff that have been going on through the years where they've seemed like they've got a real fucking massive a marriage. But like, it just read to me just like, 
did she not want him to have a sex scene with another mm. woman? Because we also have to remember, this is Will Smith, who like literally was in Six Degrees and fell in love with What's-Her-Face. Oh, the older white lady. Right? Yeah. Rizzo. Rizzo, he yeah. fell in love with Rizzo in that movie and has been very open that he does not like to have a lot of... um love scenes in movies and he wouldn't do rom-coms because he would fall in love with his co-stars. So he fucked Margot Robbie is what you're saying. Well, we'll get there (laughs) when we get there. I mean, and like Wild Wild West, Garcelle, who he's making out with, they did date. Mm. So I got to wonder, did Will not trust himself to have a sex scene with someone else? Jay did not want him to have a sex scene with somebody else. There has been rumors that when Will's had to do a scene. Jada's been there on set. She seems fun. It just all, all of that. And like, you know, I was in 2001. They couldn't necessarily know everything that would transpire the next 20 years. But if I'm saying if, if there is a sore spot in this movie, her casting is it for me. And I got to say, am I wrong here? Is so was Jada his wife, like his first yeah. wife? Hey, or, or first they wife. Wife? Second wife. Second, oh, in the movie? In the movie. Yeah. First in wife. the movie, first wife. Yes. And then he's got his second wife. Yeah. She's also in the Matrix, right? Oh, is she? Is she is right, she Dozer's but... wife? Or not Dozer? No, Lynx, maybe. Is she Link's wife? I'll look it up. I don't know, Mark. So do we have Jada? Do we have two Matrix ladies? And a guy who was supposed to be in the Matrix? Yeah. I think she I think she was in the Matrix. She's um in the second one. Dang, Mark's right. The second and third one. Yeah, she's Link's wife. Oh wow. So, um, good he, eyes, Mark. so he he was married to two Matrix people. That's pretty there good. There you go. Movie. Good for him. I, you know what? And we don't have to go too crazy into it. I'm on the opposite side. I felt I watch two, them fuck. I found that 2001 chemistry electrifying that whole dance number where uh, by the way, he had just changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali, and he's joined like the Islam Brotherhood. He's starting to like follow in their footsteps. Um, and uh, he meets Jada. I love that sequence where they're just dancing. Wasn't that titillating? Was no, that, I, that was hot? I, the whole movie? He does such a good job of being Muhammad Ali, such a good job. Like, I'm very rarely looking at him and being like that's will smith maybe once in a blue moon i think him and ali's personalities overlap a little bit for the most part the whole time i'm thinking muhammad ali jada popping up instantly took me out but honestly i think it's really hard i think it's really hard if you have two people who are already together off screen being in a movie on screen it's just Mm -hmm. you know you can't help but be a little pulled out of it yeah. Oh, also, so remember how I said what's great about not knowing anything about sports is every real sports movie is a big surprise for you. Same thing if you're an idiot and you know nothing about history. It was such a surprise to me that Malcolm X got uh, assassinated. Yeah, you did know very little about Malcolm X. I was like, well, golly, he dies. Wait, are you joking? I didn't know he got assassinated. Mark knew what? Okay. Wait, what I know I I'm a dumb man. I don't know how to explain okay. this. So like in the movie, <laughs> right before he meets um his first uh, wife. Yeah, Sanji. 
he uh, Ali is getting more into the Muslim faith and he uh, is he become Cash's ex for a minute, much like Malcolm X. But then like the higher ups are like, you know what? Fuck your slave name. You are now Muhammad Ali. And like, that's great. But while this is happening, they're also driving a wedge between he and Malcolm X. Because at the time when Muhammad Ali got rechristened, Malcolm X was having a well, bit. Not christened. Well, yeah, like a ship, like christened with a new name. Um, Malcolm X was having a bit of a falling out with like the higher ups in Islam. And it was because uh, he said it in the movie how when the four little girls were killed in Birmingham. Yeah. Yep. And how he said nothing. And that it was just like getting very difficult for him to say nothing. And uh, wherever Martin Luther King Jr. was, Malcolm X really wouldn't be like they, they, um, their activism didn't really cross over too much. And a lot of it is just like different tactics. Um, and what you want as like an end result. But Malcolm X was kind of starting to get to the point where he's just like, you know what? I do want to interact with other civil rights leaders. I do want to meet on common ground. Like he wanted to start getting, you know, more diverse with it. And uh, the nation of Islam was not for that. And so they like suspended him from pastoring and were like, you can't come to any fucking services for a while and they even um were driving a wedge between muhammad ali and malcolm x where you know at one point they see each other and muhammad ali kind of like throws out almost like a, like a rehearsed like you shouldn't have quarreled with elijah muhammad yeah <laughs> but i had to stop the movie to explain all of that to mark because he wasn't 100 sure why the nation of islam and malcolm x were having an issue well can we give a shout out to this is a more broad statement. All the acting is just like fucking great. And no one's a caricature. Like everyone's so understated in this movie and just so like they're just existing in this world. They're like everyone's like, oh, that's his corner man. That's Malcolm X. That's this person. Like they're just existing without being broad stereotypes. Mario Van Peebles, who plays Malcolm X, fucking brilliant because. Oh, right. The caricature that we like the easy shorthand is right. Make Malcolm X like militant and angry all the time. Right. Because that's what like he's been reduced down to. And instead, this is a man who's like unsure. This is a man who in private quarters like is like talking to his closest like confidants and like a loving father. Yeah. And he's just sweet. And he's just like a struggling dad, just trying to like keep his head above water. And it's so relatable, which makes it all so much more tragic when he is assassinated. It's like heart-wrenching because you're like oh he was just portrayed as like existing he was just a person he wasn't some fucking caricature and i think it's also great too because i mean they really did have that relationship but also i think so much of civil rights gets centered around martin luther king jr and i think it's because people decide that he was like more um well he's christian he was easier to take also yeah helpable they felt like like white like white people as where the government, especially while they also killed Martin Luther King Jr. They definitely took out Malcolm X because they, they were afraid that he was like too militant because he did believe in that shit. Like, listen, I'm not going to go out and attack you, but if you hit a person, I need to make sure that you don't hit another person as where, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was just like, 
I'll turn the other cheek. And so the government, like, you know, created a horrible narrative about Malcolm X because they were afraid that he, you know, would be more violent or bullshit. So it's like, I think it was great to like have a movie with him featured in it and show him as like an actual, just like normal fucking person. Yeah, I'm with Malcolm X. You know, sometimes you gotta burn down a target. Dude, you know? I am 100% with Malcolm so X. He's, look, sometimes you gotta steal a flat screen from a target. Sometimes. You know? And, and this podcast is brought to you by Target. <laughs> I love Target. Um, and going back to what this podcast is all about, Wild Wild Will, when he learns the news of Malcolm X's death, like, man, oh, that's Will Smith bringing it. It's heartbreaking. So reserved and heartbreaking. You see it all. We're just like, fuck, this and person. They, like, They don't say it, but Will Smith does a fucking fantastic job of radiating the guilt. Yes. Of just like the last time I talked to him, I just said something kind of stupid and shitty. Like, oh, you shouldn't fight with these people in our religion as opposed to like i love you you're right like he was so there for him and they don't go over any of that but will smith does such a great job of conveying such like a range of emotions at that death that's (laughs) and not only am i bad with history and sports i'm also bad at watching movies because when the whole thing was like you shouldn't have quarreled with whoever whoever right yeah I didn't know that was Malcolm X. I thought Muhammad Ali was still on Malcolm X's side and he was telling the Muslim Brotherhood you shouldn't be quarreling with Malcolm X and he was taking Malcolm X's side. No, he very much did not take Malcolm X. He was dressed different. He was very much okay. Okay, also, can we throw this out here? All of the non Muslims in Muhammad Ali's life were fucking hilarious in this movie. Like the cool. photographer, Jamie oh, Fox, Commissioner his Gordon, dad, right. um, like you know, like his coaches, his people in his corner. Who's the Italian guy? Yeah, that guy's the best. Yeah, he, he was, was so good. Like all the non-Muslims were all so fucking funny in this movie. So kudos to them. Yeah, and that's I mean, bringing it back to the Howard Cassell <laughs> thing and John Voight thing, what you really learn about Muhammad Ali, which this movie just like says so much about who this person is, but like. He's the rebel rouser. He goes on the show. He's fucking saying shit about Howard Cassell's wife and how ugly oh he my is. God, so funny. Trying to fucking rip his off toupee. his toupee. <laughs> and if you don't know the relationship, which the first time I watched this movie, I didn't know what their relationship. And I'm like, oh, is this fucking journalist going to be like some piece of shit racist? And like, I never want to interview Muhammad Ali again. But then instead, yeah. it's like after they're like arguments back and forth, they're like little skit that they do. Then it cuts them in the back of the, you know, wherever, hanging out in the back of the fucking studio or just like in their private corner. Yeah. And he's just like, dude, I love you. You're the champ. I'll do anything to help you. And you're just like, oh, my God, these guys were just like best fucking friends. And I love that, that it like takes its time to like show you that without being pandering. It's just like, no, he's just there to hang out. Dude, when he goes to the Congo, man, he's drinking with everyone. Howard Cassell just wants to fucking hang, man. (laughs) He wants to hang out with these people and drink. It's fucking great. And so. I'm glad like that emotions there, like they don't. But they also don't hit you over that high with it. Like, look at this amazing white guy being nice to Muhammad Ali. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think other lesser movies would like try and hit you harder. Yeah. I mean, also, let's just like get into it next. Malcolm X assassinated. Fucking brutal scene. There's another fight. It's done real quick. And wow, they do not let Malcolm 
They do not let Muhammad Ali off the hook in this movie for being a piece of shit to women. They just go at it this whole movie because like he gets divorced from his first wife, Jada, and it is fucking brutal and rude to watch. Yeah, because like she like comes to his match and she's just a little flashy or maybe a little hoochie. And he ends the fight so fucking quick and then yells at her in the back and is just like saying that she's trying to like act white and he doesn't like that shit and she should be more covered up, even though he knew who she was when they got married. And she and they get divorced from there. And you're just like, oh my God. What an oh, and then when they're in they're in Africa. Okay, yeah. He meets his third wife. I assume he gets married to a second wife who's very uh, in the faith, very Muslim. So you're like, okay, that's going to be a great thing. better when she was 11. Okay. Gross. That was very creepy. But like of the faith, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And then it's like when he is in Africa, he starts banging a 19 year old there and ends up marrying her. And then like I read a thing, his second wife was just like, this man had me so like abused. I was renting hotel rooms for him and all of his mistresses. He ends up getting married, I think four times in total and has like nine kids, but they're just like, never at any point was he ever faithful. And he was open about it. And he was unapologetic about it. Like people would call him out and he'd just be like, I don't give a shit. Like, this is what I want to do in my life. Like, yeah. I'll take no judgment for it. And it's just like, you know, what? I like I like a biopic where it's just like, you know what? We're not going to gloss over some real shitty fucking parts. Did this person help with like religious freedom and stand up for like black culture and move the needle in sports and do this and do that? Yeah, they sure did. But were they pretty fucking awful to women? Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah. And that's I, again, that's what I like about this movie. It's just like it's not going to gloss over. It's not going to like Michael Mann literally said, we didn't want to pull punches in the boxing matches or in the marital struggles or the faith or the politics. Like we're going to fucking show it all. And yeah, it's good that they like show that because it makes him it makes him more human. And it's like, isn't that the cliche of any like rock star or superstar in this case muhammad ali like super athlete it's just like women end up either throwing themselves at him or he can just get any woman he wants and like infidelity is just running rampant um which by the way around you too saying like that that's kosher like at no point in this movie do anyone around him go like hey man that's not your fucking wife what's she doing here yeah um which by the way the scene where he gets mad at jada that fight is the infamous photo that's like burned into pop culture of like Muhammad Ali standing over his opponent and he's all tense or whatever. And the movie again, because it's not a pandering piece of shit movie that needs to spell everything out. It captures that moment without even showing that shot mm. of him standing over the opponent. It like shows his like abdomen and like his fist coming across it. And like you, and immediately your brain goes like, Oh, that's the famous photo just from that like small shot. And it doesn't like pull out and go, see, it's the photo. It's that famous black and white photo. What's crazy about that, though, is like it it looks like a photo where Muhammad Ali just knocks somebody out. 
Yeah. But really, it's a photo of the lamest fight he had and him pissed off that the guy was on the ground. What do you yeah. keep saying to him? What's my name? <laughs> He's like, what's my yeah. Name? Wasn't the guy still calling him Cassius Clay? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was that fight. Oh, maybe that's a different fight. Um, I think it's the next fight because I wrote, don't call a man outside his name. But yeah, he did get really mad at a person because I kept calling him Cassius Clay, which like how dynamic because I feel like that's got to be so fucking hard where because his family gave him a lot of shit, too, because when he's divorcing his first wife, his dad's just like. I don't know who you are. Like, you don't know who you are. You don't even know your own name. And it's just like, people really did have such an issue with him changing his name to Muhammad Ali. And like, I think that's, it's super sad. It's like depressing. And it's just like, it's just so crazy that people like give that much of a fucking shit. They still do. I know. I know. A person can't even just be like, call me they and not he without people being like, ah, whatever i want you know like yeah it's, it's still crazy. happening you are fucking weirdos and it's, it's yeah it's just crazy and i i it comes up so much in the movie too i, I think people are just weird in general with like it's some like middle ages shit like where you give a fuck about your last name i don't give a shit about my last name or my name in general like oh yeah the 30 generations of Myra's before me. What the fuck did they do? I don't get I like I don't care. I don't care. I never understood why anybody because his dad gives a shit about it. It's like I don't understand. And they I just that doesn't bother me at all if anybody you know if like if any of my kids were just like I'm I'm changing my name to you know whatever. Late to, di- late to dinner. <laughs> I think, I think I think also with just Muhammad don't Ali, call me late to dinner. Where it's just like there's so little connection there. We're just like, this is like a fucking slave name, and like, you know, my maiden last name is like the adoptive parent, and it's just like, how, just like how um, few connections you truly have to your last name, how many fake ones you give to your name. So it's just like, I like love that he was just like, no, like fuck all of you, call me this. And he wasn't putting up with the fucking disrespect, but they had a lot of disrespect to give him. Again, so this movie, the one thing it shows, and I don't want to keep beating over the head because the movie does a good job of not beating you over the head with like the Jesus (laughs) allegories. But it's like everyone's against him, right? The USA is against him. The people are against him. His opponents are against him. His fucking faith is against him. Like Islam, like turns on him and like they're fucking upset with him everyone's upset with him and will smith is such a good performer his defiance and just like standing up for what he believes in one conveys who like muhammad ali was as a person but it's like without saying anything when he has to go fucking get drafted and he still shows up just to say no it's so harrowing it's just like this is fucking awesome like he's just conveying like the anger the injustice of it the like are you fucking kidding me like nature of it like this is such bullshit and he's just there standing there and he's he's just like i'm not gonna go you can arrest me like i'm not gonna fucking go so like his defiance is so rousing i don't know will smith completely like captures that moment the injustice it just makes you fucking angry i think to me that's like some of the best stuff in the movie is the vietnam stuff yeah because like i fucking hate war i hate all that shit Obviously, we don't know Vietnam was wrong, but I would have thought at the time, too. And like, I think drafting people is fucked up and I think it should be 
so beyond illegal to draft people. And I think his arguments are so dead on where it's like, like, I'm not going to go murder other poor people. You won't stand up for me in America. Like, I'm not doing this shit. And I think he's so Muhammad Ali was so dead right and all of that. And I just feel like they do such a good job throughout the Vietnam stuff about showing you like how much he loses by refusing the draft and just how much hate he got for refusing the draft and how just like hopeless it seemed. It's like it went all the way up to the Supreme fucking court, how much money he fucking lost, how many people left him during it. But like, it's just like the best story. Cause it's like, but he was in the right. And also just like, fuck, I would take five years in jail over going to fucking war. Oh, what? So I can go to Vietnam and die. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong. If he's enlisted and he signed up for the draft or was allowed to be drafted, didn't they have some back alleyway to keep him in the States? They were saying before he went in, but he's even that he still refused. I don't I don't remember hearing that part. No, but that would be badass. I mean, either way, you don't have a choice about enlisting for the draft no but no i know i had to enlist for no, the draft I think what he was saying is that like they tested him for the draft and they said he couldn't go but then all of a sudden they're like no we do oh, want okay. you they were trying basically they didn't want him originally for the draft like he went to like the dark and they're like you're a no-go but what happened is he is a member of the nation of islam he is now the heavyweight champion a black heavyweight champion. He is strong. He is capable. He has ties to Malcolm X. He's gone to Africa. The U.S. government did not like that. And they specifically want Muhammad Ali drafted to show like we can still put a man at this echelon in his place. And he went, the fuck you can the fuck you can like the fact that the judge originally wanted to give him the maximum sentence for refusing the draft like they were trying to make an example like doesn't matter how fucking rich you get doesn't matter how strong you are it doesn't matter what you bring to like our country or your community you're a black man and we're going to treat you like a fucking black man and you're not going to step out of line so i think what was so powerful about him avoiding the draft was not just like that vietnam was wrong but that it was him being like no i'm a free man and you will not treat me in any other way eric do you remember enlisting for the draft I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And when you turn 18, if you're a boy, you got in, you got to enlist for the draft. You have to. Yeah, did I? You don't remember I, getting that paperwork? You get to put it must have, uh, sign it. It must have men in black to me with the little zapper and erase my memory <laughs> after that because I do not fucking recall this. Eric, they they would have turned you down. They didn't let they, <laughs> Lily didn't get one. No, women. Wait, is this real? Are you fucking with me? You have to sign up for the draft. Yeah. Every like. 18. U.S. male, like 18 to whatever, can tech well, and, and women now, don't worry. I think they said women can get drafted now. Like, well, you have to, and you have to make sure that you have your name in the pot at 18. Or you get in trouble. Um, It's better. I mean, some countries are worse. Like, Israel, you have to actually serve every male has to be in the military for like, think yeah, El- El- like six El- months. Yeah, El- she El- did. Two, <laughs> Two years. 
And I think Spain might be the same way. That's just bullshit. Don't send me to fight your fucking bullshit wars. You can't even give me fucking health care. Well, you want me to come back with PTSD? I only fight wars if they have to do with oil. Let's lower these gas prices. Am I right, fellas? Oh, my God. Am I right, guys? I only fight Star Wars. Nice. Reagan. <laughs> all right. So this is what I think, though. Like This was a good movie and all, but that the Africa part, that third act dragged my oh. balls against a hot driveway. Too long. It's too long. Just get to the fight. Oh, you I don't like to so? see him fucking jogging around. Dude, that, cub style. I do that, think some of those oh. scenes in Africa were because I loved all the non stuff. I loved him like being broke as fuck. I loved his second wife. Who is just like the people around you are fucking pieces of shit. But it's a lesson. Jamie Foxx <laughs> is all drugged out, silent belt. That's good. Yeah. Some really great shit is happening. He still like doesn't forsake the nation of Islam. They're still like his manager, whatever. But damn, Africa, some of those scenes where he's just running with all the Africans, just fucking cut it short, or where they're like chanting. I just to wanted kill to get the to guy. the fight. Ugh. And then, oh, George Foreman's eye. And then, oh, it gets postponed. Who gives a fuck? Who oh, I cares? I, okay, my, I'm in defense of those scenes. The two things I took out of it is, one, it's that tension of leading up to the fight. And I didn't think it was just like, like bullshit um, subterfuge. I don't know. It wasn't just like padding to get to the fight. I felt it built it up. And second, it's the, re- it's the revelation, right? They have that great image of him as Cassius Clay as a little boy seeing the blonde Jesus. But then when he finally gets to the Congo, and I hope I'm saying that right, that it's the Congo. It is the Congo, right? It's it's in Africa. Anyways, when he gets there and he's running with the kids, he comes across the drawing on the fucking or the painting on the side of the house or building or whatever. And it's of him. And it's a painting of him. And it's him, that revelation of like that full circle out of someone. Yeah. And it's like, he's kind of like the people's Jesus. He's the thing that people look up to or whatever. And he became it. And it's like, I think the reason it's so long of him running, it's all an internal performance. And that's what I was really appreciating. Just watching Will Smith, like take on the mantle of like the people's champion, what it means to the world. He's the world champion, what it means to these kids that he's running with, what it even means himself. And like finally being like, Oh, I'm going to go down in history as kind of like a Jesus figure. And I keep saying that word. I'm not trying to like take away from Muhammad Ali is or whatever, but it's just like, that's, I don't know. That's, I thought that was a cool way of being like, you saw that image at the beginning of the film. Now you see it at the end, right before the last fight. I don't know. It spoke to me. I thought it was kind of cool. So the country, you're right. It is the Congo again, the Republic of Congo, but it was at the time called Zahir. Just for, Anybody out there who likes the facts? Mm, I do like facts. We need a fact checker on this, like our own Jamie, right, Mark? (laughs) Here's my problem. (laughs) Here's my problem. So that scene that you were describing where he sees himself as like the Jesus on the walls. Yeah. That scene to me was so fucking confusing because he's running and they're all like chanting to like kill George Foreman. Which is pretty aggressive. And then the pictures yeah, on the wall. That dude invented a fucking grill that can cook a burger like no other motherfucker. Yeah. Also, dry out some chicken too. Absolutely love, love 
that that massive like monster of a man, what he is most known for now is just like a slamming grill. We like, had a grill. My parents had yeah, that. We, we have literally one have one. Actively. <laughs> Wait, you wait, 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 wait. Okay, pause, pause. Yeah. You guys have a George Foreman grill. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We make delicious paninis on it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, he George Foreman. I love him. He's Mike a- Tyson has Tyson chicken. Okay. No. We Is cook Tyson real? chicken on a they Foreman all are grill. In the shape of ears. Like come on. Okay. <laughs> There's a problem. Hey. To me. <laughs> I <laughs> hear you. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that scene was confusing. So he's running and then he like, sees like the pictures on the wall. And it's like, there's one where it's like an ambulance and a hospital. And he's sending people there. And for me, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And then I was like, is he like becoming bothered that he's like a figure of violence? Mm. But I guess fucking not. Yeah, I think yeah. it's all of it. I think it's everything that you're saying. I think it's like, I is know. he bothered by it? Is it a good feeling? Is it the weight of the world on his back? Is I think it's all of the above. I think it was too long because there's like two separate scenes where he's running and like villagers are running with him. It was like, it was a little much. And I feel like if this was so important, they did not do a great job of, uh, putting the stakes there you know what mm. i mean like you knew like muhammad ali really needs to like show himself because like there's kind of like a new type of boxer out now and he's the old one yeah and he's been out because of the draft stuff and it's like his first big one back but to end off on the rumble in the jungle i felt like was like almost a little anticlimactic but isn't that like, at least for me, I'm not a huge boxing buff and like, I probably don't know all the, like the, the great points or whatever, but that's like the, that's the battle like, you know, of like rum on the jungle. It's just like common vernacular. So maybe they just figured. It's, I think like, so too. Moment. I just think like, um, maybe where you felt like the tension building was how long he was there and all the running and like the almost nothing happening mm-hmm. to me, it sucked the tension out. Interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? I guess yeah, they just yeah. ended it there because that's where that was his regaining his title back after the draft stuff. Yeah. So it's like he became he becomes the people's champ again. I don't think right? he did not get a title out of that fight. Rumble in the jungle. Oh, he didn't? Oh, okay. No. The reason they ended up doing Rumble in Jungle because he was supposed to fight um Frazier. Frazier again. For the title. But Frazier lost to somebody. To a white guy, I think. And they're just like, oh, like this is fucking anticlimactic. So Don King stepped in, was just like, I'm a black promoter. We're getting George Foreman. We're getting Muhammad Ali. We're going to fucking Africa. Like this is going to be the blackest boxing match ever. And that was the draw to that fight. And now enter Logan Paul. (laughs) Oh, he's boxing people that I want to see Logan Paul fight Muhammad Ali. That's what I want to see. Uh, you're saying hypothetically, right? Yeah, I guess he can't do it now since he's, he's dead. dead, right? But um, in theory, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I'm Muhammad, listening. Muhammad, uh, Logan Paul and Muhammad Ali are fighting. <laughs> according to Wikipedia, they are fighting next month. Um, no, I was going to say that Muhammad Ali, it says, knocks out Foreman, regaining the heavyweight championship. Whatever oh, okay. that is. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, because he but, was the heavy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, okay. it was a heavyweight match. Because they, they said he quick. lost it again. And when the in the credits, they said he lost it and then got it a third time. Mm. Yeah. So he was ha- he was champ three times. Yeah. And the movie ends pretty fucking dang quick after that. It's like the fight happens, roll credits. It's like it starts feel- raining, roll credits. I feel like that's my problem. Because I think I like a lot of the stuff that's going on in the movie. But I feel like that third act is a little weak. Because like, yeah, you get to rumble in the jungle. And like, really... There are stakes to it, but there's not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be awful if he loses. You know what I mean? But you obviously want him to win. And then they like introduce Veronica. I feel like they probably would have done better off not introducing her. You know what I mean? Like, I you get the good tension with the second wife where it's just like, what the living fuck, dude? And he ends up marrying her. But it's just like. I, okay, like we saw the Dick Cheney movie, and like Dick, I was just about to bring this up. Dick Cheney had like eight or nine heart attacks because, like, I don't know, the man just like won't die. But in the movie, the biopic, they only show I think like two or three of them because the director was just like, and honestly, yeah. he just had so many that it becomes really unbelievable and super redundant, and I feel like even though he really did have this affair with Veronica and even though he really did marry her, it became redundant, especially when he's like there with Veronica, but then also winking at like the card girl in the ring during rumble in the jungle. It was just like one of those things where it's just like, by the time you get to like the third wife, you're just like, yeah. Okay, so like when you make it. the Nick Cannon movie, just do like five pregnancies. Yeah. Cause we're going to, you know, we get that. It's a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, like it just didn't feel necessary. Like it just didn't feel necessary. <laughs> it felt like um something they almost added in to thicken up the third plot because mm. you know George Foreman's not talking. You only have fucking Don King and all his D's. You know you have him just like being sweaty in Africa for like six seven weeks. Like I feel like they almost threw in Veronica because it's like what the fuck is he doing over in Africa while he just like waits around for george foreman you know it's um crazy too about boxing so i was looking up like george foreman and joe frazier muhammad ali and then even more recent fighters like mike tyson and pacquiao and floyd Mayweather and all these you know all the boxers that people know (laughs) basically is that like any other sport you can kind of know players that are maybe middle of the road okay right like eh, you know that's in football that's like your third that's like not third string but like you're the quarterback's third choice of receiver type of thing you know it's it's not the main receiver but you know third or whatever and that's fine but boxing like all of these dudes that you know their records are like 50 wins two losses oh 47 wins one loss. Floyd like, Mayweather, uh, no losses. No losses. 50 wins, zero losses. Floyd Mayweather. Um, uh, up to this point, George Foreman had zero losses. 37 wins, zero losses. Muhammad Ali, it's like 50-something wins, two losses. That's crazy. Because if you lose, your brain dies. You hey. get knocked the fuck out, and your brain starts dying. <laughs> hey, if you win, your, your yeah. brain also starts sure. dying. Muhammad Let's Ali go. had very rough Parkinson's disease that was 100% brought on by boxing. But I'm just saying 
if you're a middle of the road guy, nobody knows who you are probably because you're in a fucking casket. You're probably dead at 40. Muhammad Ali, especially in his later years, like he didn't box for too long after Rumble in the Jungle because like how fucking long can you box? His strategy was to let people hit him in the head and tire themselves out. Some Homer Simpson shit. He would literally... He literally wanted people to hit him in the head in training. He wanted the people training to hit him in the head. And like, they're like, yo, this like isn't good for your brain. He's just like, nah, I don't have to worry about that. He thought he was like training his brain to like be okay with concussions. That's and I, I read like a stat where they're like, like looking at all his fights and stuff. He'd probably been like hit in the head like 200,000 times. I, and the, the one that the, the one boxer that scares me the most is um because like you know floyd mayweather and pacquiao not that they're like not obviously great fighters but they're like welterweight so they're tiny little guys they're like 130 pounds 140 pounds like obviously they're gonna hurt you but like these 200 pound dudes seeing mike tyson punch something on a plane seems like it's a no like just (laughs) even i've seen him punch um like just punching bags Oh my god! And that seems like he should be. He, we need to put Mike Tyson in jail. Like he, he will kill you. Let Mike Tyson punch somebody on a plane. And just went. Okay. Yeah, that's like, cool, Mike. It's <laughs> cool, Mike. Go Dude. ahead, bud. He is scary. Like how strong he is. Yeah. I'm with you, Mark. It's scary because he was huge. Because he was a heavyweight and he was faster than like a, a, a lightweight. Like he's super yeah. super fast. So if you watch him in his prime. He's throwing the quickest punch you ever seen that would blow up a car. Like if it touched a car, the car would shatter. In Street Fighter 2 when you beat up the car. Yes. That's yes. like Tyson. And, and the also, fights would last 30 seconds. He would just go in there and decimate whoever he was fighting. It's so fucking scary. Like, like football, I, these motherfuckers are getting CT out the ass and they're wearing helmets and padding. These boxers, nada. Look, I got a glove on my hand. It's just like, it's helping Their them. Brain has to be just <laughs> mushy, mashy, mush. Brain. Here's here's what's scary about Mike Tyson. He was regularly knocking people out by hitting them in their stomach, cutting their head. <laughs> Holy shit. Like that's how strong he was. We're just like, oh yeah, he's gonna hit them in the head. Nope, he hits them in the fucking ab and they go down lights out it's like oh he's that strong <laughs> like that's fucking scary and what's scary about mike tyson too is he seems insane Crazy. yeah like he'd see it's like oh yeah he's not afraid to punch everybody he sees even outside he was of the not ring. A muhammad ali who's like rehearsing little sonnets to say yeah. at the weigh-ins he's just like He's more of like a Michael Jordan where I don't know if you watched last dance, Eric, but Michael Jordan would do this thing where he just make up scenarios where he'd make up someone fucking wronged him. And then he'd go on the court and be like, I didn't fucking like that. And then he'd go light it up. Mike Tyson reads more like that, where he's just going, I think that guy fucked my mom. And then just like beating the <laughs> he shit told out of him. He told him he's going to eat their babies. And he also bit a guy's ear off. <laughs> He's, anyways, yeah. we got to do a Mike Tyson movie. That'd be fun. Well, no, awesome. they're coming out with a Mike Tyson movie. That's going to be a, a horror film. Yeah. I'm nervous <laughs> about a Mike Tyson one because I think there's going to be too much leaning in to just like the way he talks. Like a character. Oh, just, just get uh, the guy that the Capote. 
It's the same voice. Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, get Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's fighting Muhammad Ali. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Muhammad Ali are fighting. I think this movie did a very good job, Muhammad Ali, of not doing too much of a caricature of Muhammad Ali. They put in some of his like most quotable things, but they didn't like stare into the camera and go, you know. They honestly got rid of it in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. He, he did a lot of his catchphrases. Yeah, right? or like he said them quickly with Jamie Foxx. Like yeah. I feel like they did a very good job of not making him a characterization or you know a character. I feel like they did a, a pretty good job of just being like, guys, like we get it, okay? Yeah. And the filmmaking, I think Michael Mann just captured the naturalism of of it all. I feel like another filmmaker would be like, this is so important, so we have to keep having these money shots, these perfectly framed shots, these low angles and stuff. And it's like <laughs> by making it handheld and kind of shaky and shooting on his Nokia phone from 2001, like it just keeps it very natural, keeps it understated, keeps it personable. And I think that benefits the movie. And I walk away from this movie being like, why Muhammad Ali's a legend? Kind of what Mark started this podcast with. Like, oh, everyone just knows him because he's the champ and all of his deeds were kind of washed away. This movie reclaims his deeds, the things he had to fight where he literally, everyone was against him. And it's a stupid cliche where it's like, it's me versus the world. But unfortunately, it was him versus the world as a black man in the fucking 60s, like fighting everything. A Muslim black man. And, and being criticized for everything he's doing and his own people criticizing him and this person criticizing like never feeling like he has in the corner. And it's like him rising above and defying that. And like you leave the movie being like, oh, this is why he's like an aspirational person to look up to, because in the face of everything, he never sacrificed his beliefs, what he thought was important. And then you're right. Hindsight's 2020, where now we look back and it's like everything he fought for, he was always kind of on the right side of it. And like, it's so easy to cower. It's so easy to like play into the moment and be like, fuck, I'm getting a lot of heat right now. I should just like, what's the word? I should just like behave and like, (laughs) but it's like Muhammad Ali never did that. So I'm like, this is the movie really captures why he's a legend. And they also don't make it hokey. They don't like hit you over the fucking head. Go, this is what it looks like to be the people's champion, not just in the ring. Like, like there is a lot of movies like Bagger Vans definitely tried to do it where it's oh, like Lord. hokey yeah. as fuck. Like, oh, look at let's tie this theme up so nicely with a boat. Like this one just doesn't do that for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so obviously, it seems like everybody liked this movie for the most part. And I think I mean, I would say this is the best Will Smith's been who acting wise. Who who did win the Oscar that year? Uh, Jamie Foxx won supporting. He wasn't nominated. Let's look it up. Yeah, Jamie one Fox was, Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for for this. But who beat I Will don't Smith? Think he should have. Who beat Will Smith? So best actor it would be two thousand. I'm gonna guess. I'm just guessing here. Jamie Foxx really Hanks. won for this. That's what it, I think. I saw that. Yeah. So would it be the two thousand two actor? Because it, it came out in two thousand one, but the Academy is until two. Oh uh, yeah. Let me look it up. Yes. Denzel was, Washington, maybe for training. Jamie Fox and uh, John- Adrian Brody. Oh, oh, never mind. Jamie Fox won the Black Reel Awards. Oh, uh, no, you're right. It was Denzel Washington. Dang, that's a tough fucking race right there, man. For what movie? I think Training Day. Mm, I'm, I'll say this. 
I think Will Smith should have won it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think the caliber of movie was perfect. I think I think Will Smith gave his best performance. And I think I say this because like obviously he's phenomenal in Bad Boys. He's phenomenal in um Men in Black, but those are like for as much as those are characters, part of you is like, that's also just kind of Will Smith. Yeah. You know, this was like, this was true acting where you're like this. He had to step outside of himself. There wasn't a lot of Will Smith in it. It was a lot of Ali. Like, I really think he should have won for this. Uh, if you like that, Will Smith, like put an A plus uh, acting performance out there for this one. I got some news for you. We got Men in Black 2 coming up, baby. Holy moly. So I now we're like going to also, John Voight should have won best actor for this. Yes. Yeah. Nominated for supporting. And Jamie Foxx should not have been nominated for this movie. Yeah. Like, that good. I was wrong. He I'm, got the black real award, not <laughs> Oscar. I loved him in this movie, but it's also, it's not <laughs> like I wouldn't necessarily give him supporting actor. I, like he was nothing much in this movie. Yeah. He just kind of like, could have caught his character and I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, he just kind of has like a small role similar to like everyone else in his corner. Just certain, like it's, I don't know. Um, my favorite part of this movie, though, is when they're watching The Mummy and Muhammad Ali is oh making fun of The Mummy. Yeah. Look how slow he is. <laughs> He's only got one eye. He can't even yeah. see. Well, like George Foreman got hurt above his eye. He was calling him The Mummy. Yeah, he's saying it all full circle, man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Um, so yeah, Men in Black 2 coming up for the next one. We're gonna back go to right back into the Will Smith pocket. Yeah. And after that, it's uh Bad Boys 2. I, like listen, then Shark Tale. I feel like this is hard because it's like I want to see Men in Black 2. I want to see Bad Boys 2, but part of me is just like, and Will's so good in those movies. Will Smith is so funny, but is this a tale of two Wills? See. Like, I love me that Will Smith. I love my Welcome to Miami Will Smith. I love my, like, Wild Wild West Will Smith. Like, I love, like, the swagger he's got, like, in the music and in those films. But fuck. I, I know not everyone was a fan of um, Six Degrees. I honestly, I keep coming back to it. And yeah. I think it's because it was such a different role for him. And it's just like Ali, where it's just like, I really, I really like this Will Smith. And I think it's hard because the Will Smith I've always loved is fun Will Smith. It's funny Will Smith is like, get me up on the dance floor. Let's like fucking party Will Smith. But if we're going actor route and like, I I don't want to lose the men in blacks, but it's like two different Will Smiths for me in my head. I'm looking forward to I'm I'm in a different boat. I'm looking at I'm looking forward to the third <laughs> Will Smith that's coming up, which Nasty is what Nasty Will Smith. No, in the movies, kind of boring sci-fi action Will Smith. I'm talking about iRobot. I'm talking about After Earth. I'm talking about was it Gemini he Man? Legend. He I oh, am Legend. Yeah, I mean he is Legend <laughs> is great. Buy that album. I am Legend. <laughs> like. I want I'm looking forward to that Will Smith where it's just fucking garbage. I can't wait. 
Yeah, he has a lot of ups and downs. Honestly, uh, Lily, you bring up a great point. After watching this movie, like I kind of want to jump right into King Richard, right? Because that's like another dramatic sports film where it's like going full throttle. But I'm going to wait because I want to watch it in order just to keep up with what we're doing. But yeah, he's he's got an interesting career. I'll vouch for Gemini Man all day, baby. Um, I robot's <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, I, I've I mean, never seen After Earth either. I want to hear that Boston accent. Yeah, I'm excited for that just because it's an M night. I've joint, seen parts so. of After Earth. It is not fucking good. Okay, yeah, it'll but be here's the thing. It will be interesting because technically Ali bombed at the box office. Yeah, and it got 63 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so, can we talk about that for a second? Riddle me that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't always go based on that shit because Ali is amazing. Ebert didn't fucking like it a lot. And like, listen, do I bring up Ebert a lot? But like, he's just like my main guy for reviews. Um, But yeah, it fucking bombed at the box office. It did not even make its money back. I was kind of alarmed. And maybe I'm like riding the dick of this movie like too much. But basically... Nice. <laughs> Is that a problematic it's, vernacular? To well, it's I, not a thing that anybody says. I was fucking I'm riding the dick of this movie too Dude, hard. I think I might start saying it though. <laughs> it's fucking hot and heavy. It's insinuating that the movie has, has a, a big, big <laughs> dick. And you're right. <laughs> so I'm riding it way too hard. Ride it, baby, ride it. <laughs> It's kind of fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> but I was so alarmed. When you look at the Rotten Tomatoes aggregator, it's like 63%. IMDb, it's got like a six out of 10. Ebert gave it the two stars. And I'm like, am I fucking crazy here? My two theories on this, and you guys help me out. One is like the people of 2001 who maybe saw this movie, reviewed it, especially the critics like Ebert, who maybe were alive and witnessed the actual reign of like Muhammad Ali. A movie would never capture like how big that dude was, right? The bravado, like everything about him. So maybe it was underwhelming and maybe people are kind of like, oh, this isn't really capturing what I know of Ali because they were so in it, right? Um, and then two, I think hindsight's twenty twenty. When you compare this to a biopic that comes out on Netflix tomorrow, you're like, oh my God, movies have gone so bad <laughs> since 2001, where okay. it's just like, I think in retrospect, a lot of people gave it such low scores. I think maybe you're missing the big just, one, Eric. Maybe would adjust scores. Hit me, hit me. This came out Christmas 2001. Yeah. September 11th. Oh. Maybe because people were not in the mood to go to a fucking movie theater. Maybe people were just not in the movie, in the mood to see a movie with slightly anti-American sentiments in it. Everyone was very, and pro-Muslim <laughs> and pro-Muslim like, oh, yeah, you're, you know what yeah. I mean? Like America was in like a pretty shitty spot in 2001 where we were really hating, you know, our Muslim brothers and sisters. And we were really scapegoating the living fuck out of that. I mean, in this movie, the Muslims are kind of dicks anyways, like the leadership. Yeah, they're just using him the entire time. Yeah, as most powerful entities do. Yeah, but you have to wonder, um, did that cloud some of the box office a little bit? You you raise a great point. So if you saw this movie 20 years ago, give it a rewatch. Let me know what you think this time around. I think you're a little too harsh on it. Yeah, but I think third act could be better. I think it could have closed stronger. Yeah, I am telling you. 
probably one of my favorite openers in a long time. Yeah. Really dynamic, really fucking engaging. And like you look at it, you're like, how did they make that so dynamic? Because like there's not a lot of talking, but you understand so much of the movie. I really think this was a great watch. Hell yeah. I'm with you. All right. So next one, Men in Black 2. And yeah. So we'll see you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.